This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday the 25th of May. In your Squiz today, all eyes on the Pacific region. La Nina likely to hang around. Think before you flush. And one big walk for a dog. This is your Squiz today. The regional security situation in the Pacific was front and centre during the election campaign, with the Solomon Islands signing a controversial security deal with China only a few weeks ago. With China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi expected to arrive in the Pacific region today, that particular situation, as well as China's relationship with Australia, are certainly some weighty issues immediately at the top of the in-tray for our new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Our relationship with China has been pretty icy for a few years now, but Albanese did receive a letter of congratulations from Chinese Premier Li Keqiang on his win. Yeah, he did. So for a bit of context, Li Keqiang is China's second in charge behind President Xi Jinping. And in that letter, Premier Li said China was ready to work with the Australian side to review the past, face the future. And he vowed to uphold principles of mutual respect and mutual benefit, which was much warmer language than we've seen or heard in a while. It's been fraught between the two countries since Malcolm Turnbull was prime minister. Uh, But the pandemic really supercharged a deterioration in relations. You'll remember, Larissa, that former Prime Minister Scott Morrison called for an investigation into the origins of COVID that was first found in Wuhan. Uh, The Chinese side was pretty cheesed off by that and no one has really spoken since. Despite the signs of a possible reset that that letter of congratulations might show, there are still big challenges ahead for Prime Minister Albanese, both in Australia's relationship with China and the new government's approach to the situation in the Pacific. PM Albanese yesterday said there was no justification for the tariffs that were placed on Australian coal, barley and wine by the Chinese. He said they should be dropped as a signal that China was really ready for a new relationship. Uh, And as the Chinese foreign minister starts that 10-day trip in the Pacific, our foreign minister Penny Wong released a video statement on Monday where she reflected on Labor's pledge to increase the aid budget to the Pacific and overhaul the Pacific Island work. Work visa program. Uh, she talked about building a stronger Pacific family with the strong hint there that China isn't part of the extended clan. Labor took their Pacific plan to the election and we'll now see how that unfolds as they're in government. China's Foreign Minister Wang Li is expected to undertake a 10-day tour of the Pacific region, so we're likely to hear more on this one in the coming days. Speaking of Prime Minister Albanese, he is, of course, in Tokyo at the meeting of the Quad, meeting with the leaders of America, Japan and India. So he's straight onto the world stage with the traditional leaders photo happening, of course, but some weighty issues discussed as well. It's hard to think of a steeper learning curve for the new national leader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a warm welcome from US President Joe Biden congratulating him on the election win. Biden actually said, I don't know how you're doing it, and said Albanese would be excused for having a little snooze during the talks. <laughs> Needless to say, Albanese was awake the whole time. He was right into the big conversations. Uh, the four leaders agreed that they were navigating a dark hour in our shared history, and that was a nod to Russia's invasion of of Ukraine. And President Biden also urged the group to redouble their efforts to stop President Vladimir Putin's aggression. Definitely straight into the big international affairs for our new Prime Minister Albanese. It was also announced that Australia will be hosting
making the quad next year. If you're a bit sick of rain, rain and more rain, then this won't be the news you want to hear. While La Nina weather systems usually peter off in autumn, new analysis from US meteorologists reckons this one could hang around till winter or even early spring. That is not news I want to hear. I do have my new favourite appliance, (laughs) the dehumidifier, on high rotation right now. Uh, But look, as you say, the rain is not going anywhere. The US forecasters are saying that there's a 59% chance of it continuing throughout winter. So that's pretty high. Uh, That's a bit different from our local weather bureau, which says it should stop by winter due to warming ocean temperatures. Uh, The bomb says the West Coast version of La Nina, that's the negative Indian Ocean dipole, could bring even more rain this winter. And there are experts that say there is a chance of a third La Nina coming in time for summer in Australia. So that is a lot of rain. And look, if you're starting to think you'd like to get a handle on the why of all this rain, we've got a shortcut on La Nina that'll fill you in on some weather stats. So the next time we say negative Indian Ocean dipole, you can genuinely nod along. I'll put the link in your episode notes. Time magazine has released their list of 100 most influential people for 2022 and Australian Mike Cannon-Brooks has made the list. His entry is written by former US Vice President and environmentalist Al Gore. Yeah, he's praised Cannon-Brooks for, quotes, redefining the role of climate activism in business and investment. So that's quite the rap. Uh, What Gore's referring to here is Cannon-Brooks' support for the massive Sun Cable project that hooks up a giant solar farm in North Northern Australia to Darwin and then onto Indonesia and Singapore. Uh, Gore also called out the tech founder's efforts to disrupt energy retailer AGL in an effort to move it away from coal and towards clean energy. Cannon Brooks has been campaigning hard against the company's demerger. That goes to a shareholder vote on the 15th of June. Very timely that we actually did a shortcut on Mike Cannon Brooks last week with everything that's going on with AGL. He's someone that is likely to keep cropping up in the news. So if you want a bit of background about his life, his company Atlassian and his environmental plans, check it out. Again, I'll pop the links in your episode notes, but just search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. A new national standard for what can be flushed down the dunny is being developed to stop the build-up of fatbergs in wastewater systems. Bit of a content warning perhaps to anyone eating their brachialiser. <laughs> Look, I didn't even know what the word was yesterday, I have to admit. Obviously, I know the phenomenon, you know, what's good to put down a loo, what's not, less is more in that category. Uh, But for listeners like me, a definition here, a fatberg is a giant congealed mass of insoluble. So wet wipes, cat litter, rags, sanitary products, all the things that get stuck in the underground pipes. Then they collect fats and oils and they grow into this thing that can weigh tons and grow into a size that's bigger than a bus apparently allegedly Uh, obviously it wreaks havoc on the pipes so with the changes Aussie products are set to be labeled within six months about whether they can be put down the loop perhaps not pleasant to think about but very important if you do want a quick way to think about what you should be putting down the loo those in the know say stick to flushing the three p's pee poo and paper 
a bit of a palate cleanser after that one. A pup called Savannah has become the first dog to circumnavigate the world on foot. She's returning home with her owner and fellow walker, obviously, after a seven-year adventure. Yeah, so Savannah's coming home with her owner, Tom Turchich. Uh, They started on his 26th birthday. That was in 2015. And he was four months into the walk when he found Savannah at an animal shelter in Texas. She was a little puppy who'd been found on the side of a highway. And so then she came along for the ride. Uh, He actually credits her with keeping on going, but she's seven now. That means seven years of walking, Mm. which seems like a lot. So he's now going back to America to write a book about his adventure. 38 countries and 46,000 kilometres. That is a lot of walking. Of course, quite the time to be travelling across the world, what with COVID. I wonder how Savannah will adjust to a backyard after all of her adventures. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Eliza. What's something to take note of today? Oh, for me, it's a bit of recent history. It's the anniversary of George Floyd's death. That was two years ago, would you believe? Mm. And that kicked off the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, hard to believe that was two years ago. That's about all from us today. If you are enjoying the Squiz Today podcast, we'd love it if you could leave a review on your podcasting app or tell your friends about us. It really helps us to grow and keep on doing what we do. Have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>